Hi, this is Brian Standing, host of the Monday 8 o'clock Buzz. Thanks so much for listening to the program. Hope you subscribe to our podcast. And if you really like what you're hearing, consider donating at wortfm.org. Wisconsin Governor Tony Evers unveiled a conservation surprise in his 2024 State of the State speech, announcing that his administration had secured funding from the U.S. Forest Service's Forest Legacy Grant Program to purchase conservation easements on 55,000 acres of the Pelican River Forest in Oneida County. That makes the Pelican River Forest the largest conservation purchase in Wisconsin history. Earlier this year, the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources had sought state stewardship fund dollars to pay for the acquisition, only to be rebuffed by the Republican-controlled Joint Committee on Finance. The federal grant allows the governor to effectively bypass the GOP legislature and move the project forward over their objection. I spoke with Jim Lemke, real estate section chief for the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources, about the project. Now, the DNR purchased a conservation easement on the property, which means that the the base ownership of the property remains the same. Is that intended to remain in the hands of the conservation fund, or might that be transferred to somebody else at some point? Uh, most likely, that'll be transferred to somebody else. That'll be a decision the conservation fund makes. Uh, the conservation fund's mission is really to bridge uh, private business and opportunities in the state of Wisconsin with conservation. So I would assume that down the road at some point, they'll look for a new owner of this land that's interested in those timber revenues, which will stay with the landowner. So I'm, I'm assuming that that will eventually be the long-term owner of this land. And what rights did the DNR actually purchase with this particular easement? Yeah, another great question, of course. Uh, the main thing that the state is purchasing is public access rights. And with those public access rights come vehicular use of this property. So not only do we have the rights to be able to, as the public, uh, enjoy these, these acres, we also have the rights as the public to be able to drive vehicles on 62 miles worth of designated roads. In fact, the conservation fund has set aside a million dollars in an endowment fund to ensure the long-term maintenance of those roads. But again, uh, Brian, these, these gates on this property uh, with previous owners have been closed to public use and vehicular use for, for decades. And so this is the first opportunity uh, with this conservation fund and this easement, those, those gates are open that people can drive on this property and they can access some of these uh, portions of the land that haven't been used or seen in years. So that would be the other uh, right, I think, uh, for for the public, uh, not only to use and walk on this property, but also to drive vehicles on it, including ATV, UTV use on designated trails and snowmobile use, which is something that is an extreme benefit uh, we work very closely as the landowner did with Oneida County to ensure ATV, UTV access and snowmobile. Big portion of the recreational economies in Northern Wisconsin, we worked uh, specifically with them to outline those trails that can open up finally a north-south corridor on this property for the use of the public. So that was a very exciting uh, opportunity that the DNR was proud to be a part of as well. What about the ecological management of the property? Are there uh, any restrictions on in terms of timber management or habitat management or um, how it's going to be uh, used and accessible for wildlife? Yeah, uh, that's a great question as well. So management responsibilities fall primarily and will remain with the landowner. But the DNR, through the use of the 
easement and through restrictions on the easement has oversight on not only timber production, but has oversight on a number of other areas, uh, including uh, development property uh, properties out there on the Pelican River. Uh, those are limited uh, to just those uh, natural recreational uses. So there can be no development, there can be no mining, for example, on this particular uh, 70,000 acres. So that protects that environment as well. And so the DNR in partnership with the landowner, right now the conservation fund does have oversight on the management and the protection of these uh, acres now, Brian, into perpetuity. That was Jim Lemke, real estate section chief for the Wisconsin Department of Natural Resources. The statewide alliance of land trusts gathering waters helped organize the campaign for the Pelican River Forest Project. Charles Carlin serves as the director of strategic initiatives for gathering waters, and he joins us now by phone. Charles, welcome to the 8 o'clock buzz. Good morning. It's a pleasure to be with you. So tell us how this campaign came together. Gathering Waters uh, reported that there were over 15 units of local government that supported this project, which is uh, a rarity and uh, for uh, conservation projects of this scope. How did the Gathering Waters and other advocates uh, enlist their support? Yeah, it was a really impressive coalition that came together to support this project. Um, And it really starts from the fact that across Wisconsin, no matter where people live, no matter what their political affiliation is, that people want clean land and clean water, excuse me, and protected land all across the state. We want to care for our wildlife and we want to care for our water and our, our outdoor ways of life. And so when the state funding for the project was blocked, Uh, a group of local residents reached out to us uh, to ask, what can we do? How can we speak up for for this project? Uh, And so we started meeting with folks in the area, uh, just sharing the the details and the facts uh, about the project and encouraging people to talk to their local town boards and, and county boards. We were a bit surprised then to be confronted uh, with a a pretty virulent misinformation campaign uh, that was really trying to paint this private land conservation project as some sort of uh, federal land grab, uh, which just simply couldn't be farther from the truth. Uh, And that really motivated local residents to, to get organized. And so every time this project came up at a county or town meeting, uh, people turned out in force. And our role at Gathering Waters was really just to provide support, uh, connection, uh, and to make sure that folks had all the all the facts in front of them. Now, we heard uh, Jim Lemke from the DNR talking about the vehicular access uh, and, and uh, to the property from UTVs, ATVs, and snowmobiles. And uh, it, it occurs to me that this is an area that's been off limits to cars for a while. Um, will the reintroduction of gasoline-powered vehicles into this, this area, uh, will that have any impact on wildlife use and uh, the ecological considerations of the property? Sure. That's a, a concern that I've, I've certainly heard some folks raise of saying, okay, we're really concerned about wildlife conservation what are we doing allowing motorized recreation in there? So the road network that Jim was talking about is a road network that has been in place in order to facilitate logging on the property. So this is an active working forest. You're having loggers getting in there and pulling out timber uh, on an annual basis. And then they really 
kept those roads pretty much closed otherwise. And so creating road maintenance uh, guarantees and making sure that those gates stay open, just make sure that you know local residents can also enjoy the property. Uh, we're talking about tens of thousands of acres of forested wetlands here. Uh, this is uh, land that would be really difficult to get deep in there on, on foot. Um, and then Jim was also talking about the ATV trails uh, that have been added to the property that create a really important network up there. Um, and that is going to facilitate some more motorized vehicle access, but it's also pretty limited. So that stays on a trail corridor uh, that really kind of moves north to south through the property. The bulk of the property uh, is going to remain free from motorized recreation, free from vehicles. And I think actually the more important point is, is that this 70,000 acres of forest connects the national forest to the northeast and then county forest to the southwest. And so it's just an absolutely crucial link for wildlife connectivity. Uh, and so I would just say that when you're doing big coalition work like this, there's always compromise involved. Uh, if you ask some of the hunting groups, they would say they wanted to see more roads and more access. Uh, if you ask some of the conservation groups that were at the table, they might say, gosh, we would have liked to just lock out all motor vehicles. Um, but I think at the end of the day, all of us came to the table and said, first things first, we want to make sure that this land stays forest, that it stays really good habitat for wildlife. We can all agree on that. And then we can find some compromises to make sure that everybody at the table can say yes moving forward. Charles Carlin, Director of Strategic Initiatives for Gathering Waters. Thank you for joining us on the 8 o'clock bus.